listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network, hosted by the two most banging dudes in podcasting, Loose Cannon and Baco. They'll do anything for love. I'm talking reach arounds, wet work, literally anything. Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco. Uh, you know me mainly as a true New Yorker, but I am joined as always <laughs> by the enigmatic uh, Loose Cannon. Loose, how are you tonight? I am well. I am mysterious, mystical, mystifying, Ooh, uh... inexplicable, and curious and cryptic and baffling as always. Yeah, what do you think you're about the, those you're the great my- Mysterio. I love those adjectives. Yeah, I just had, I had Rob. I Rob, unpacked uh... my adjectives tonight. <laughs> Rob Halford stopped over, so I, yeah. I'm full of, full of words tonight. A little schoolhouse rock humor for those uh, who are not familiar with references older than Loose Cannon's movie references. Fresh. Another fresh reference by Baco. <laughs> fresh like the dust of, uh, I don't know. Let's, let me cut that out. Okay, so. Fresh. So, yeah, man. So, this episode I've kept you in the dark on, and I think it's going to be very easy for you to to have some conversation and, and jumping off points on the bands we're going to talk about. But you have no idea what we're going to talk about tonight, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, best guess, you're coming out of the closet. <laughs> oh, I've been out of the closet a long time. Oh, okay, cool. But, but I mean, just out of the closet. I Pan? Mean, at, one point, at one point, I was in the closet getting some socks, jerk socks, and now I'm out. <laughs> okay, not where I was going, but that's cool. <laughs> so anyway, uh, qu- quick quick side note: um, we had somebody coming over to into the podcast office to buy the desk I have here, and uh, my wife wanted to clean up the office real quick. It was you know it was one of those. Ooh, that's office. never good. That's never you good. Know, <laughs> I know, was, but we, we did just... she check your internet history too? <laughs> <laughs> I always clear it. Oh, that's um, good. That's good. I got uh, mine set on auto. You know, clear oh, so. every hour. But, <laughs> Every but time anyway, I close, so, baby, boom, it's, it's wiped. <laughs> Wipe clean everything I've ever done on this computer. Here's yeah. here's a tip: use the guest. <laughs> that user was a Cobra hack for you. The Cobra hack: use guest. Wipe user. your goddamn internet history. <laughs> <laughs> you might die. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we're to clean up the office to have somebody from Craigslist come over to check out the desk I want to sell. And oh, that seems safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, so then she call, she calls me up and she goes, "I am so embarrassed." And I go, "What?" She's like, "The the people from Craigslist came over and looked at the desk, and a pair of your jerk socks were hanging from from uh from the poster that you have back there." I'm like, "I'm like, honey, they don't know they're jerk socks. They're just fucking socks. I've told you they're jerk socks for the show. You have this image of them being jerk socks. To them, they think it's this fucking weirdo that has." That has socks hanging on a poster that says Cobras and Fire. Oh, my Lord. Can I share a somewhat similar story that's actually harder to evade than yours? Go ahead. I have these giant inflatable penises in the basement here. (laughs) Uh, You don't. It's from this thing you got at Spencer's called a cockfight. It's like the penis is Velcroed onto a belt that you put on, and you basically just whack each other's penises until one falls off, right? So these things are just hanging along the back. And my mom was here for a visit, and oh, uh, she wanted to kind of come down and check out the, the studio and stuff. And, and, and there's people, like like the band was here, so she was watching this, and she's like, why do you guys have inflatable penises back here? Best response I had was, because that's where we keep the inflatable penises. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've never yeah, had that. Yeah. That's that's even more uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, so we're going blue already in the first. Uh, yeah, we're minutes. back to back, baby. That's right. Uh, that's right. So what, uh, what what are we getting into today, man? Because okay. I don't know. Apparently, you're not coming out of the closet with anything but a pair of socks. That's right. So here's the deal. We we at Cobras and Fire, you know the what's the general theme of the show besides uh, not not staying on course with with we show are themes? a comedy rock show with a slant towards new music, uh, but we also embrace everything that we love about rock music while also mocking pretty much all the people who make it. Yeah, we make fun of what we love, but also because we're more focused on like newer bands, there are a list that I was shocked, and I'm going to call this episode. Uh, unplayed monsters of rock. There are some titans in rock history. So we're playing the new. We're going to play the new uh, Wilson record. is mostly focused on 70s bands can you believe that we make it it this far and we never played anything by the beatles yeah i mean just because they don't do a lot of heavy stuff oh wait no we played mean mr mustard boom scoreboard (laughs) scoreboard (laughs) yeah and we also played a little bit of vinnie vincent episode bitches we also played a little bit of glass onion on Oh yeah, the Guns N' Roses episode, but nothing—not a full song. We've never played anything. We've never talked about Beatles, so you know. I, I figured, did you go? I guess my question is: I went through a huge Beatles phase in college. Did you go through a Beatles phase, or was it just like here it is, here and there? Or no, big time. Uh, I had a. I, I've had uh, Beatles are up there with like Kiss and Black Sabbath for me, where like. It's almost waves that kind of re, re, repeat, and then when I when I start thinking about it, I have to hear a lot of it. And then John Lennon's solo is, is a big thing for me too. Yeah, yeah. I've never gotten. To, I've only had the greatest hits. I've never. Well, he's got a lot of really weird and a lot of really bad stuff, but he's got a lot of really cool stuff too. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. So that kind of ties into, but that for me, that's connected to my Beatles thing more than say the latest Peter Chris solo record would be tied to Kiss for me. Sure, but like the John Lennon one, what's the one where they're all naked on the front of it? Oh, uh, what's that called? Two Virgins. Is that what? Is there? Did he actually put out any good album, or is it just like scattered, scatter shot? Oh, you know, I, I have his box set. And that, that that covers all everything for me. Yeah. Um. Right. Uh. So I'm I, I'm not an album expert. I think the Imagine album. I guess I've owned that, and that's pretty good. Sure. Uh. But how many times have you jerked off to that Two Virgins album cover? <laughs> Never at all. You, you talk about Winterbush. I mean, there's there's no maintenance going on there. Yeah, boy. That the, is a that is a full. I mean, during during the winter, that is this is covering you up and keeping you nice and warm. All I can tell you is that album cover is if I if I wake up with wood, all I do is just look at that <laughs> look at that cover and I inst- instantly go go uh, limp to uh, to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you know, it's very inconvenient when you wake up wake up that way and you got to take a piss. Just yeah. use that. I would say just put that uh, above your toilet bowl. Uh, one last thing on John Lennon's solo before we kick it back to the Beatles. Sure. Uh, just avoid any song with the word Yoko in the title. Oh, God. I would, I, would, I would assume so, yes. For the Beatles, what it was with me is a lot like the Stones, where it wasn't until midway through the I don't career, think the Stones have that many great albums. What I'm saying is that with the Beatles, I liked it from... I would say revolver forward. I like. I didn't. I had you know. waves for me initially. It was the pop stuff. I, I kind of leapfrogged over Rubber Soul and Revolver, which you know, 
are almost sister records a lot, like sure. Dynasty and, and Unmasked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's but a very anything good after that, so that's like where they got the kind of psychedelic stuff, and then I got into that. And then eventually I kind of came back. I, Rubber Soul and Revolver might be them at their artistic best. At least, you know, being a cohesive band, working together, writing, you know, kind of thoughtful songs. But before that was kind of their, their big hits. And after that was like them basically saying, nobody's better than us. Now, they, I've said this time and time again, they benefited from a clean slate. You know, it's, it would be really hard to be the Beatles now. No. But yeah. because so much has been done, but the fact that they did what they did with it and they coming from where they came from, they weren't like these pampered art school kids like the, the Rolling Stones were. They, I mean, these these were blue collar guys and, and they were just basically better than everybody else at the time. And, and, and now, even now, like if you meet Ringo, if you meet Paul, it's like that guy is a fucking beetle. And that's just, I don't know, for what it's worth, I like the whole thing is all I'm getting at. No, I hear you. I mean, six or seven years, I mean, the Beatles have been talked about ad nauseum, obviously, in, sure. in culture. But but I'll just tell you that that uh, I, I would say I would say that the White Album is like Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 if I didn't love Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Like, I, I can make one great album out of it, and it has some of my favorite music off of it. Abbey Road is probably my favorite album by them. Hmm. And, I would say uh, the White Album is more like my open up and say, ah. You don't like the White Album? No, I love the White Album. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. It's like, that is a terrible comparison. You, you've already compared. It was a joke. I mean, we're a comedy rock show, bro. Oh, okay, Do I even bro. know you, bro? I don't think so. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. All I got to tell you is that, that the first time that I saw uh, heard Helter Skelter was on Shout the Devil. Same yes. here. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I might have heard the Pat Benatar version first. <laughs> There's the Pat Benatar version? When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. When I stop and I turn and I go for a ride. Till I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah, but a song that no one should cover, by the way. What, Helter Skelter? Yeah. Well, I think that, that it was, uh, that Motley did a great job with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I guarantee I heard the Motley Crue version first. But okay. I know I can read liner notes, and I know who Lennon and McCartney were. Like love of the Beatles is that they were a four-person personality band, yeah. And there, there's just so much to talk about them with pop culture and everything like that. And the thing that really hooked me at you know like age, I think it was like 19 or 20 or something. I know it was in college, but it, but was that anthology six-hour ABC special? It was great, wasn't it? It really broke down the history. It was something. It was like I might have even taken the week off to watch that. I because that was on prime time. 
that pretty much cemented it with me was the you know the the random strange videos that they had like for strawberry fields they're basically hanging out of a tree or something. but but all the the mythology and the oh yeah you know no, it's like it. cause it, it's very much like kiss you know you think about like the satanistic you know mm-hmm. overtones sure you know gene having a cow tongue i mean lucy in the sky with diamonds lsd all their own kind of like backwards messages was Paul dead, you know, because he's barefoot and his his stride is different. I don't know if a lot of the stuff was intentional because they always claim it wasn't, but it was brilliant and it's so much fun to talk about. Part of the thing that I loved about first getting into the Beatles was I actually got the past masters or something. You know, we sound like morons talking about the Beatles. Here's here's the general thing is that, that I, I got in deep with them, the... Just the sonics, I mean, I, I, you just had to be blown away with how great the mixes and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, and they recorded a lot of that stuff with four tracks. Right. Touching back to, we just talked to uh, Treble about the recording of the Jesus Christ record. A lot of times when one of us would get frustrated, I would just remind him, like, we're, we're working with, we already have more at our fingertips than the Beatles had. So, <laughs> so we should be able to do something credible. And with that too is that sounding. I'm not saying I can write yeah. a fucking you know Strawberry Fields baby. What's your favorite Beatles song? I can tell you mine right away. Oh, it's I can't. Hard. No, I mean uh, the, really. No, I mean there's too many. You know what? Help or Paperback Writer. past the deadline but how was your father's day i mean what do your kids do for you on father's day what i usually get is i get breakfast in bed which i describe is the same exact thing as eating breakfast at a table except with more anxiety because the all you all you're worried about is shit spilling all over the sheets (laughs) that's essentially what my father's my main thing is is they get served everything there and i mean do you have ever had breakfast in bed have you ever been served that by your wife like like some kind of girlfriend yeah. Okay, um, girlfriend. There's there's no reason. What's the purpose of that? Did, did I have no idea. It was never something I ever aspired to get. Now, no, I mean, if a yeah. child brings it to you, it's a little different. Uh, I understand that, but then then what they do is they jump on the fucking bed, and it's it's like it's it's, it's like a bounce house. And well, here's a, here's how you handle that. You know, you, yeah, anytime uh, a child brings you breakfast in bed, you you, <laughs> you look them in the eye and say, "What are you a fucking cliche?" You're bringing me breakfast in bed? I mean, you're almost five. Okay? Put this on the goddamn table. How about you brew some coffee and let us come down going, oh, it smells so good. No, you bring it to me in my bed? Like I'm going to eat it here? Jesus Christ, get your head out your ass, Luce. 
junior. Junior. Who's junior? <laughs> uh, I, you know and then what? I scream. I just scream. There's no more originality in the world. I uh, I, how about, dude, what do you do for your dad for Father's Day? I forget to call him, mostly. Yeah, that uh, that's... Uh, well, I mean, I mean, that was the way it was for me. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to be pity, but my, my, my father passed in 2009. But prior to that, it was like, oh, I got to remember to get him a card or call him or something. You pay a little more attention to the mom. I get a text from Jade every year, and that's it. Uh, and by the way, that's Sorry. plenty. I, I really, I'm, I, I'll take that over breakfast in bed. <laughs> Did you hear that? How Tommy Lee, uh, he has a son, Brandon, that he wrote a super kick ass song about. Your mother gave birth to you with love inside. She had candlelight and songs of life. Brandon, I love you. I love her. She Great. Did you hear how Brandon celebrated uh, Father's Day? I did, but but I want to go into this more. So please describe it for anybody that has not heard it. And by the way, this did not happen in Florida. Yeah. Okay. This is in California, people. Sure. Now, Brandon is the offspring of Tommy and uh, mm-hmm. Baywatch bimbo uh, Pamela Anderson. Yes. Uh, and former mm-hmm. playmate, all that good stuff. Real quick, do you know when he was a baby, do you know what his first word was? As a huge Motley Crue fan, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do not know that. Rad. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't bitching? <laughs> no, it was definitely rad. That, that's, that's totally that's, rad, that's, bro. My rod is rad. Uh, and then then the baby honked a boat horn with his ball. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, he's like a 22, 20-year-old kid now. Um, Good God, that makes me feel old. A few weeks uh, before Father's Day, uh, him and Tommy got into a scuffle, and mm-hmm. it was apparently physical enough that Tommy called the cops on his son and wanted to file <laughs> press assault charges against his own son. imagine how how bad your parenting must be that you're get, having a living shit beat out of you and you have to call the cops when your son is beating you down and again this wasn't in florida these this, <laughs> mom and dad aren't poor okay this is a yeah. kid who had everything financially taken care of his entire life do you know at one point at one point tommy lee had a starbucks inside of his house he probably still does. I, I no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. You know that. No, right? I, of not. course. Yeah, I saw the okay. MTV Cribs. At, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just saying this is not like some trailer park thing where there's just like you know all right. this kind of not right. the, what you would typically picture uh, a situation like this evolving to. Anyway, so for apparently it wasn't just a fight. The kid knocked Tommy unconscious, and and. It was in his bedroom, and Tommy's like in his tidy whities As a parting moment, he took a quick snapshot of Tommy basically blacked out on the floor in his underwear. So for Father's Day, he posted it on Instagram and said, Happy Father's Day. Can I tell you why this all happened? I can tell you I don't feel bad for Tommy Lee. Tell me why it all no. happened. No. I'll tell you why. The, the, uh, upon further investigation from the police, what happened is that uh, you know they put him in, they did him, for, they they sent him down for questioning, and they asked him why why did you do this? And he said that you know he's he's never really gone through the whole Motley Crue catalog and he came upon <laughs> Generation Swine and went to the closing track of that he, and heard that he heard. <laughs> He immediately uh, saw Red beat the living shit off his dad. The police then listened to the song and dropped all charges. My head's in Mississippi 
my head's in Mississippi The blues has got a hold of me I believe I'm getting dizzy midway through their career or at the end and you just have this wealth of their, their entire back discography yeah, yeah the back catalog to jump love into. it one of the best parts of discovering a band is the back catalog that you can almost yep. get to go backwards on i got into kiss on kiss alive 2 motley crew was one of the few bands that got into pretty early but they still had too fast for love the Beatles, obviously, their entire catalog. Right. Uh, That's what I, I Iron Maiden I got into just before Power Slave. I mean, almost all these bands, that are, Judas Priest. I mean, there's so many. I think it's great. Yeah. No, no. And, and, but ZZ, just, just to relate to that, ZZ Top was not one of them that I really was that inspired to go through. Let, let me ask though. you this, because like, yeah, I, I have this thing that there are some times that I hear a song and I really like it, right? But I know there is no chance I will like the rest of this band's catalog. I just have this instinct, and it's almost always right. Almost like somebody who heard more than words knew, like, I will not like Extreme, but I love this song. ZZ Top is like that for me. I, I, I knew looking just, because I heard that name. They were always in the Columbia house. And I was like, what the right, hell is that? Right. Top? What is it? Right. And then, you know, our uh, <laughs> Eliminator came out. I knew there's no way I will like that stuff that I saw with those cheesy album covers, that this is not the same band. And I was right. Trace Holmbrays, does that sound like something you want to check out? Nope. No. Nope. Like, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no. Tay Haas? No thanks. Tay Nas. I tried. I never did. <laughs> I did. I did. But 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 uh, they were ba- basically just a greatest hits band for me. But the, ones, the stuff that, I, that is great by them is... I mean, guitar playing is unbelievable. But I could easily put together a 15 to 20 song show that I want to see. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, that 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 is but all is awesome. And I, and I want to, as far as the back catalog is, my the first band that I went and just went and got every single album of theirs was Van Halen. So Van Halen, you know, 16 years old, limited budget. I went and bought the actual LPs, which were like three bucks each. I bought everything for like 20 bucks, their entire back catalog. And the first song that I was like shocked came out in 1978. There's a track I'm going to play right now, which is almost primitive thrash, and that's On Fire. Who else is on fire, Loose Cannon? And that is you, because you you have really sparked your your, your complaining about not being on other shows has turned into mm-hmm. you yeah. being invited onto all these shows. Uh, give us an update. Are you have a VIP episode coming with uh, Vic for the Rock and Pod Expo VIP people, right? Yes, I mean, it, again, as a young man, uh, again, my nickname is Loose, but my real name is Lucifer Cannon. I mean, I wasn't invited to many parties because of that. You know, just just parents were not greasy. Well, that's your theory. <laughs> I think it was something else. But yeah, so anyway, I'm starting to make friends. I mean, Stephen Michael came by. We talked to him when he was in town in Denver, and then and Steve, uh, uh, the guy with the martini and tight jeans. Yeah, them in the last episode. Check that out with the Freedom Fest. Yeah, and then Victor Ruiz of the Rock and Pod VIP podcast. You know, all those special ones only available for $10 donors. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, I was on one. Yeah, well, he overheard the episode where I said I was the uninvited, and he basically gave gave me uh, what I will consider a podcaster pity fuck. Yeah, well, he also gave me hell. He tried to throw me under the bus for, like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, pod blocking you. <laughs> I was invited on his show to do a uh, episode that I came up with, of course, like you say, that I'm very controlling. I came up with a theme. Yeah, I can't wait episode. to hear it. When's it coming out? It's not coming out. <laughs> it's not coming out, Paco, because I recorded it in my car at uh, with no air conditioning. Because the only time with the time difference, because he is a, a Spaniard. Are you aware of this? I am. Yeah, I recorded with him. I we had to work out a schedule. When, when did you, the time in Spain is what seven hours difference or something? Something like that, yeah. Okay, I know you don't you don't deal well with time zones, but what time did you record with them in the day? It was in the roughly. evening here. Like I don't know. Oh, between, really? I don't know six. Mm. 
Oh. Seven, something like that. Oh, look, now, look I, at you. If I recall, it, this is now maybe Vic is like, I'm not doing this anymore because he probably had to do it for a bunch of us. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because maybe that's really late. I think he said it was like one or two in the morning there. De- correct. Yeah, you were, you were totally fucking him big time because, uh, uh, yeah, the, the two o'clock is. And I was like, his, fuck it. If I have age. to have loose cannon on my show, he's working on my cannon. That's right. So he's like, he's like, can you record it too? Uh, I guess so. I guess I can go on extended lunch from work. I suppose I can risk my job and get fired yeah, just to sure. fucking talk to just, you. Just to, just to talk about insignificant shit. Where, where can you do that? Oh, I can do it in my car. Oh, but we don't have too much background noise. Why don't you cut your air conditioning? Great. That sounds good. I sweat just like I did at Freedom Fest, this, these entire shows. And both of them are completely unusable. We tried it twice. And there's disconnection problems, um, all the stuff like that. So we're actually changing the theme, and there'll be an episode at some point that's just uh, a different thing. So uh, are you thank leaving you. some details out? Because you do like to control things a little bit. Did now did Vic say this is unacceptable, or did you hear it and say this is unacceptable? <laughs> we both did as a team. All right, I'm gonna need to hear from Vic on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to hear. It. There, there's entire uh, segments. There's entire segments where you can't hear anything I'm saying. Him too, and he had some technical difficulties where he couldn't split the tracks. And I definitely hope it gets lined up. I look forward to it.
not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, Bob Ezrin produced a Deep Purple album a couple years ago called Now What? with a question mark and explanation mark. I am aware. At the end of it. Okay. Did you hear it? No. Uh, don't tell Rob Kern because I think he really liked that record. <laughs> I, I tried to, to listen to a couple tracks prior to the show. I don't know. It sounds well produced. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Deep Purple, I mean, have you ever gone deep on the purple? I mean, is there any albums you would recommend besides? I love Perfect Strangers. They're they're kind of comeback record. Uh, yeah, front to back, was, was, first song to really? the last. Yeah. Okay, because that's that's the one that that there was a time when I listened to Eddie Trunk, and <laughs> and bought his whole like book where it give, he had like playlists for bands that had like more of the deep tracks, and I think I bought a couple songs off of this, like the title track. And I was surprised it was nothing about Balky. <laughs> Were you uh, too? This is pre-Balky. Uh, oh, it's pre-Balky. Perfect Strangers <laughs> came out in 84. I believe that show was 85 or 86. Okay, I wasn't uh, sure. Um, yeah, so no, yeah, there. I was not surprised because I never watched that uh, show anyway. Horrible, horrible show. Yeah, yes. uh, classic 80s, though. Um, mm. As a matter of fact, I think... Uh, Perfect Strangers is the name of Mr. Steak's next band. <laughs> That's right. Um, you, know, you know what also I, is that the competing, do you know what the competing band is that they have in the uh, the whole uh, Battle of the Bands? Is it uh, My Two Dads? No, it's Booze and Buddies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think My Two Dads should go up against Booze and Buddies. <laughs> that was a horrible show. It's surprising that if that show was out now, it'd be about two gay guys. And a kid, wouldn't it? it my well, two my two moms. Would it be that no? interesting if it was just two gay guys with an Asian kid? I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it really has to be like, hey, our sperm got mixed up in a vagina. It's like that's. It's like it's oh, wait, like. Wait, wait, wait. This is what the was one, that this show is the about that the both... robot girl? What was her name? Hold on for a second. No, no. What was the name but... of the girl? The robot girl. Ah. It's a situation comedy, and the the girl was like, "Oh, a twink or something like that." Fuck, I, you're making stuff up. Are you talking about Short Circuit? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm talking about a TV show, not a movie, a sitcom. And the girl was actually a robot that acted human, but she talked kind of like this and waved her arms like a robot a lot. Yeah, it was like Twink or something like that. It wasn't called Twink. I, I said or something twink. like that. That leaves the door open for something else. Get your Listen head out of your ass loose. Listen to me. First off, you're not aware of this, but Short Circuit was a limited miniseries on ABC from uh, from 86 to 87. Yeah, well, so, you know, I I had friends, so I don't know that stuff. Getting back to Deep Purple, though, I, I think the album's called Who Do We Think We Are? It was the first one I ever owned on cassette, I believe. At, well, Perfect Stranger was the first one. Uh, but this had Woman from Tokyo, which may be my favorite Deep Purple song of all time. That's yeah, a great song. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Super Trooper, Smooth Dancer, uh, Rat Bat Blue. There's some pretty cool stuff on this thing. Um, Place in Line is on there, too. I, I, that'd be a record I would check out. I know Machine Head is the popular one because that's got Smoke right. on the Water. <laughs> Space trucking, oh, yeah. Highway Star. There's a lot of a lot of things with uh, moving a, a vehicle. That's my space trucking thing. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of things with moving the, the the car around. I mean, besides those three songs, maybe Malio pictures a home never before. Garbage, lazy, very lazy. I mean, seven. This is a seven track album, dude. Seven tracks is all you needed. Same with Who Do We Think We Are. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, even Black Sabbath put out eight. Masters of Reality was six songs and two instrumentals. But Christ, at least they had eight tracks. Yes, that's a good point. If I'm going to dive in, you're telling me to check out which albums? Perfect Strangers and what else? Well, I would say Who Do We Think We Are?
Did you know Meatloaf was going on tour? Like a bat out of hell. Hmm. With both Kulik brothers? I don't believe either Kulik is involved in this tour. Okay. Continue. Some late-breaking news. Uh, Meatloaf is uh, going to be replaced by somebody else uh, for the rest of the tour. He apparently has a hard time singing now. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, Meatloaf will not be singing on his upcoming world tour. Um, <laughs> that is literally the first line of the press release. Hold on. Well, Vince Nilla has never sang on any of his tours. You're saying he's not going to be present? No. no oh, okay. Now, we've seen, like, Rat go through their whole thing where... Yeah. Stephen Pierce, this should be an announcement. Stephen Pierce would not be singing in Rat. No, <laughs> no, no. This He'll is, be there. This is more like he just won't be singing. Stephen Piercy is going on a solo tour, but will not be at the shows. I mean, this <laughs> I is not a band replacing a member. You know, as as much as we poke fun at that, like you can't be Rat without Warren Demartini or Stephen Piercy. This is Meatloaf, the only member of Meatloaf, because it's a solo act. Sure. Is, is Sting also being replaced by somebody else? Yeah, Meatloaf will not Madonna, be... Prince, if he was still alive, is, is makes zero sense. I just I... I just have to say this again. Hey, go ahead. Meatloaf... <laughs> Meatloaf will not be singing on his reported upcoming world tour. <laughs> He's going to be replaced by... A guy from American Idol named Caleb Johnson, who apparently played him on some Broadway thing, too, I or something like that. So he's kind of chubby, sort of looks like Meatloaf, <laughs> and can actually sing. It's like Meatloaf is treating his his solo career like a Broadway play. Like, uh, tonight's per- tonight, Meatloaf will not be performed by Meatloaf. It will be performed by his understudy. Uh Olive loaf. Olive loaf, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone! Well, is that is that less ridiculous of a name? I mean, what an unfortunate name of all the, the, the names in rock history. I don't know Somebody the background ex- there. Did he pick it? Or how did that come up? I know he's always uh, been kind of chunky. I, I, I mean, I, what I was he know. called? Bitch tits in uh, Fight Club? <laughs> Bob had bitch tits. <laughs> they, couldn't put, they couldn't put bitch tits in an album cover in the 70s. Yeah, you know, his, his first album, a little untrue fact, the working title was Bitch Tits, and it was called You're Killing Me Smalls. <laughs> I would probably be more, I'd be more apt to seek fruitcake than I would meatloaf. Mostly because I like fruit better than, than a loaf. I don't, how do you not cancel? You're canceling the tour. You have it's to. not meatloaf anymore. This is actually meatloaf, meatloaf 2.0. Oh, yes. I mean, at least say something like that. Like, meatloaf is not a person. It's a lifestyle. He's more than just the loaf. He is the next level. I think he can be replaced. Do you want to comment on this? I mean, I think it can be done. You mean like, um, I don't know, like... Uh, yeah, like a pack of dogs. Like a pack of dogs, yes. Yes, he, he's, he's anything you want him to be. He is the meat. He is the loaf. He is, he is extending an olive loaf branch to a person that's going to help him out on this tour. He is taking it le- next level. This is Meatloaf 2.0. All right we on. should respect this. We should respect this. There is going to be a man out there just like him sweating in a full suit <laughs> and, 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 saying, and saying things he would do for love, but he won't do that. He'll be talking about bats in various places on the underworld. He will take it. To the next level. He is Meatloaf 2.0. Can you get behind this, Baco? I think we can. And then he took the words right out of my mouth. One oh, must have been while you were kissing me. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, that's enough about Meatloaf. I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> can't it, believe we were even really... talking about it, but that is absurd, right? I mean, I've never heard anything like that before in my uh, entire life. The solo how, artist how going I... on tour, like Billy Joel is going on tour, but uh, uh, Axl Rose will be singing Billy Joel for. <laughs> But 
But anyway, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you. You've been uh, very gracious. Uh, I, I can speak for a treble, I know, that you allowed us to kind of indulge an entire episode of Cobras and Fire for <laughs> Jesus Chrysler. Uh, and we just want to say we appreciate that. You've also been well, very, uh, you know, you've been very uh, heavy on sharing things uh, on social media as far as getting the album out there and letting people know that. Not only the songs you like, but that it's out there and available. So uh, I would like to say thanks. Well, the only reason I'm doing that is because the album doesn't suck. I mean, in short, it's it's just good songwriting, and uh, I like the majority of the album. I don't know what what more I can say. I mean, I uh, I actually went back and checked out "Make Bold Statements" for the <laughs> simple fact that I didn't realize this, but when I was on the plane heading back from Minnesota, I only had so many downloaded songs because I like <laughs> to stream. Okay. Is like this, as you know, and but I went back there and I was as uh, I totally saw the difference between happy album and more evil album, but I never noticed that before. The yin, the yang, the light. It really is. Yeah. Like there's there's more, you know, between a goddamn handsome, handsome man. You got uh, Oh Devil Where Art Though. You have songs about the devil, but they're more upbeat and more fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, the night all later definitely has heavier themes, but the point is. Yep. Luce, I really appreciate it. Uh, Treble, the whole band is very happy that we, you, you you let us suck up two hours of Cobras and Fire time and promote the album. I hope people like it. I hope people listen. Uh, if you didn't, we're back to being Cobras and Fire, and I appreciate your patience. Beyond that, as of my way of saying thank you, let's talk about a band we haven't played, Led Zeppelin. They have a song called Thank You. to shine I would still be loving you When mountains crumble to the sea There will still be you and me Today my world, it smiles Your hand in mine, we walk the miles Thanks to you, it will be dark For you to me, I'm the only one The sun refused to shine I would still be loving you Mountains crumble to the sea There will still be you 
So let's let's close this episode out with a mm-hmm. with a uh, Rolling Stones track, another band Ooh. we've never played on the on this show. And first, before going to that, are you a Stones fan at all? Do you like their '70s stuff? Do you like anything? Love the Stones. Really t- uh, a yeah? l- a okay. little less than the Beatles, but uh, they don't. They have so much. You know, their catalog is so big. They only have a couple records that I like as albums. Um, give me them. Give me them right now. Uh, well, Sticky I can Fingers tell you my... is one of them. Uh, yep. Exile on Main Street, obviously. Uh, really? Yeah. I think I, there's a lot of crap on that, like well, Turd on the Run. Well, it's because it's it, it's it's because it's two two records, but uh, uh you know what? Stuff. I actually really like the uh, uh, a bigger bang. I think it's called. They're they're one of their more recent ones. I liked uh, not that one, but one of the other two. Steel Wheels was okay. Let it bleed. Oh, let it bleed. Really? is probably my favorite Stone song of all time. Yeah. Oh, let it bleed. The song itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that album is, I mean, come on. Yeah, the album's not that great, but... Uh, really? Uh, well, it's okay. Right. I mean, look, I'm not trying to rip them, but because I, I, I fucking love them. I, it's, I don't know, that record... No, they is. have a lot of... Listen, they have... Their catalog is maybe 25 to 30% gold. Yeah, they but the, their high notes the are gold. so high. It's almost like oh, it's almost like the Roth era of Van Halen for their entire career. When they hit, yeah. it, it's so good. I would like to close it out with Can't You Hear Me Knocking? Ooh, nice. Want to do the close up? Works not dead. It was knocked out by Tommy Lee's son.
Kip Winger just shoved it up his ass and pulled it out of his pussy and fucking threw it on the floor. I have nothing to add about that, that analogy or that description. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.